From Radio Cayman's Newsroom, I'm Shanda Gallego with your latest news. An additional $750,000 in funding was added to the government's budget for the provision of free meals in secondary schools in 2022. So this is a $750,000 increase to just over $8 million. I wonder if the minister could outline to us how well the public school meals program is doing and if this amount is likely to be sufficient to take us through until the end of the year. Fielding Sir Alden McLaughlin's question in Finance Committee, Education Minister the Honorable Juliana O'Connor Connolly told MPs the additional $750,000 should be sufficient to cover the cost of the program through the end of the year without the need for a further supplemental appropriation. The program is going extremely well and since the introduction of the computerized ordering, it has improved even better and I've delighted to say that the amount of positive feedback that we have been receiving, especially as um, dire austere times from parents who are relieved with the financial assistance, makes me know that it was a, a well thought out program that's rattled both governments and just happened to be a part of the program. The $8 million budget covers the cost of breakfast, snack, lunch and drinks for an average daily cost of $14 per elementary student and $16 in the secondary schools. MPs question the need for the Ministry of Sustainability to pull 25 grand from its 2022 budget for policy advice and move it to a line item for the, quote, settlement of claims. The reasons reflected for the appropriation change was reallocation of funds to cover the settlement of claims associated with Feline Friends Limited and the Cayman Islands Humane Society. As I recall, that was an agreed settlement of costs to settle um, a judicial review. Premier the Honorable Wayne Panton was asked to elaborate in Finance Committee, calling in his Chief Officer Jennifer Ahern to explain the situation. The judicial review was regarding an action that was brought by Feline Friends and the Humane Society for work that was being done by the Department of Environment and the Department of Agriculture regarding some feral cat culling. It was an action that was brought um, more than four years before this settlement claim was made and this amount was a settlement of costs that was reached in agreement. Mr. Hearn told MPs the review related to work being done in the Sister Islands to help tackle the pervasive feral cat issue that was and continues to negatively impact the local endemic bird and rocky guano populations. Work continues with the Department of Environment teaming up with domestic cat owners in the Sister Islands to ensure their pets are microchipped and kept within their owner's home or yard during cull periods. MP Joey Hugh. A quick Google shows me that on April 4th, 2023, the Grand Court um, granted Feline Friends Limited a leave to apply for judicial review. Do you anticipate further settlements as of this April 2023 judicial review? The amount in the appropriation bill is related to a separate action that started and, and was settled. The action that you've mentioned now is still ongoing, so it would be, I'm, I'm not able to say at this point in time what the outcome would be. As a follow-up to our story last night about the parliamentary decision to allow people to access more of their pensions funds for property and mortgages, the Cayman Islands Pension Administrators Association, CIPAA, releases a statement. Radio Cayman's April Cummings has more. 
The statement appears to strive for a bit of balance, saying CIPAA acknowledges the essence of the decision, which is, quote, rooted in providing immediate relief to Caymanian families during these challenging times. MPs voted last week on a private member's motion that would allow people to take money from their pension funds to buy property or to pay their mortgages off or down. The group says the complexities of the current economic landscape necessitate such interventions, and they empathize with the immediate needs of the people. At the same time, SEPA says this is an opportune moment to fortify collaboration with the Minister of Border Control and Labor, the ministry responsible for labor and pensions, advocating for a more, quote, participatory decision-making process that ensures optimal outcomes for their members and the broader Cayman community. CIPAA says it is actively evaluating the potential long-term implications of the change on the stability and health of the pension plan scheme in the islands, as well as working to understand and prepare for the potential impact on the retirement savings of members. CIPAA says it is confident that by working with government, they can build a more resilient future for their members and the broader community, while preserving the longevity of retirement savings in the islands. April Cummings, Radio Cayman News. The CIPAA is an organization comprised of the seven multi-employer pension plans. As you heard here on Radio Cayman, the legal requirement for non-Caymanian residents and their accompanying dependents to be fully vaccinated against COVID-19 has been lifted. A local law firm specializing in immigration, HSM Chambers, responds to the end of the COVID-19 vaccine mandate. Here's Radio Cayman's Felicia Rankin-Solins with more. The requirement for various expatriates to have and provide proof to the Department of Work of undertaking a vaccine course to prevent suppress COVID-19 before being granted an immigration permission has been withdrawn effective as of June 7, 2023. On May 22, 2023, HSM Chambers put the Department of Work on notice that unless HSM Chambers were provided with confirmation within 14 days that the mandate would be withdrawn. HSM was instructed by a client to challenge that mandate and the legality of it. The challenge to the mandate would be predicated on the basis that it breached their client's Section 9 rights as protected by the Bill of Rights. HSM chambers were clear in their client's position that as of May 1, 2023, when the World Health Organization declared the global emergency over, the requirement to be vaccinated to obtain an immigration permission could no longer be justified, if it ever could, due to the fact that tourists could and had been staying in the Cayman Islands unvaccinated. The terms of the mandate were unequal in that it did not apply to all expatriate workers nor Caymanians. On June 6, 2023, HSM chambers were notified that the requirement to be vaccinated against SARS-CoV-2 would be lifted that it was not accepted that the mandate amounted to a breach of the Bill of Rights and that consideration was being given to the lifting of the vaccine requirement prior to the receipt of HSM's letter. I'm Felicia Rankin-Solins. HSM concludes their statement by adding that in the future, if any mandates must be introduced, they hope that it is reasonable, proportionate and applies equally to all residents and persons seeking to enter the Cayman Islands. Opposition MPs want tighter controls on motorized bicycles. Georgetown MP Barbara Connolly. Can the Honorable Minister advise what are the requirements, if any, for motorized bicycles, electronic bicycles and electronic scooters to be used on public roads? 
All types of bicycles, pedals, motorized, electronic and electronic scooters are allowed on the road. Licensing, which include passing and an inspection upon registration and wearing a helmet are required once the vehicle has a battery, an engine or some other uh, mechanical or electrical device that can propel the equipment 15 miles per hour or more. This includes scooters that are less than 50 cc. Speaking to Infrastructure Minister, the Honorable J. E. Banks, Ms. Connolly stressed that her main concern is safety. I think a lot of us are, on a daily basis, our heart is in our mouth when we see these scooters and, in fact, even the motorized bicycles. And I would like to know whether, if there's any plans to re- revisit the Traffic Act to make it compulsory for electronic registration of these e-scooters, similar to registering a motor vehicle, and compulsory insurance. Madam Speaker, I have heard the concerns, and um, I know my team is watching now online, so we can actually um, we'll look to see what we can do in the traffic amendment and get back to this honourable house at a later date. The issue was brought up as a parliamentary question when lawmakers met last week. A recent increase of vehicle break-ins and thefts prompts police to issue an advisory to keep your vehicle and possessions safe and avoid being a target of theft. The RCIPS is investigating a number of incidents in recent weeks. 14 incidents, they say, involving vehicle windows being smashed to obtain items, all of which occurred at nighttime across the Georgetown district. Many incidents are opportunistic, police say, where thieves have taken advantage of access to unlocked vehicles. As a general rule, police advise don't leave valuable items in your vehicles. If you have to store items in your vehicles, ensure they are not visible when your car is unattended. Always secure windows and lock the doors of vehicles when they are unattended, especially overnight. Park vehicles in well-lit areas and, if possible, in places with security cameras or security officers on site. And where possible, police say record serial numbers and keep photos of your valuables so that they can be identified more easily if a theft does occur and for insurance purposes. Police are investigating these incidents and are encouraging all members of the public to report any such incidents by contacting 911 or your nearest police station. And we'll leave you with this one. Rand Bay Primary hosts a moment of science fair. CHDV's Donna Bush has the details with student Ade Robinson and acting principal Ryan Dale. Fun and knowledge-based quizzes and games for all students to participate in. Exhibitors included students from various Red Bay primary year groups, government departments, and private sector companies, all learning and showcasing everything science at the school fair this week. On display were animals, robotics, and science demonstrations which engaged and drew the attention of boys and girls of all ages. It has helped me in my skills at presenting to larger crowds and also It helped me learn new things as I had to search up an experiment to do, which I've never heard of before. The overall goal of the science fair is to show scientific knowledge gained by students and what their interests and skills are, as some learn more about science and others do revisions in preparation for exams. The core um, purpose behind um, today's activity, uh, we wanted to get our children to start thinking critically and asking critical questions and um, there was no better way of getting them to do that than to than to um, ex- um, engage in these activities. School officials say the successful science fair at Red Bay Primary this week would not have been possible without the school's organizing team and many sponsors, including main sponsor, Health City. CHTV's Donna Bush there.
That is your latest local news from Radio Cayman's newsroom. I'm Shanda Gallego.